Today, from our news team, an illegal amount of trailers this past week. Facebook reporters are about to become more prominent, and you'll never guess the Justice League actor that has something to say about the film. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk, your source for stolen information hot takes, and your weekly news. I'm your host, Archimedes Abigail, and before we get into the news, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. This is one of five regularly scheduled shows that we host here every week. Starting your week off on the right foot, we have Monday Madness with Anthony. On Thursday, we'll meet back here for the news desk. On Friday, Dustin hosts the Friday show. Tune in Saturday then for on today's episode, and then round out your weekend with the Weekend Wire on Sunday. With all that being said, though, let's take a peek at the news. In movie news, there is a new trailer that just dropped for The Tomorrow War. It's not very long, but it stars Chris Pratt. I hadn't heard of this one coming out before. It's a Chris McKay-directed sci-fi actioner, and it was originally set to open in theaters last December. But of course, the pandemic, Paramount Pictures ultimately made the wise decision to sell off the worldwide distribution rights to Amazon for $200 million back in January. So in addition to uh, Chris Pratt, it features Yvonne Stravosky, Edwin Hodge, Betty Gilpin, Keith Powers, Sam Richardson, J.K. Simmons, Theo Vaughn, Jasmine Matthews, Mary Lynn Raxjub, Olau Winfunke, Sechelle Gabrielle, Alien, <laughs> Alien, Alan Trong, Chibukum Uchi, Alexis Lauder, and Mike Mitchell. Apologies to those names that I did butcher. This is exclusively on Amazon Prime on July 2nd. Uh, in other movie news, the DC fandom is coming back. Uh, the one last year, 22 million views, a massive success. Big announcements in both movies and in games, and it is set to come back on October 16th. I I guess I have to apologize if I'm moving a little quickly through this news. We do have a massive amount of news to get through in today's episode. So if I'm going a little bit quick, skipping over some of these things, it's, I was going to say it's not intentional, but it is very intentional. I do it with great purpose, intention, and meaning. If there is not meaning in your words and steps, then you, friend, are not not deserving of my attention. I don't know what I'm saying. Now, there is no meaning in my words or my steps. Uh, Mortal Kombat. I watch Mortal Kombat on HBO Max. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, it had a $22.5 million domestic opening, which is pretty good in this age of pandemics, closed and reduced theaters. Uh, Captain America 4 is officially in the works from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier showrunner, Malcolm Spellman. Uh, And so I think that was confirmed by Spellman himself. Uh, Spellman also talked about a Isaiah Bradley uh, prequel to 
Falcon and Winter Soldier to the story that we saw of Isaiah Bradley in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Excuse me, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And it's funny that, uh, excuse me, spoilers for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's funny that they would do that at the end credit as a as a tease to the show because the whole time I was watching it, anytime I would talk to anybody about it, I would say Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't know why, but that just was my natural inclination when talking about the show. Oh, here's a big bit of news. The Thor Love and Thunder added a new member to the cast. Russell Crowe has revealed that his role in the MCU movie, Thor Love and Thunder, is uh, Zeus. He will take the place of the Olympian god Zeus in Thor Love and Thunder. And that was during an appearance on on an Australian uh, radio station, Joy 94.9. Excuse me. It was during an appearance on Australian radio station, Joy 94.9. Uh, the Guardians and the of the Galaxy holiday specials place in the MCU's timeline has been revealed. So if you haven't been keeping track, apparently this holiday season we are getting a... Um, oh, no, we're not. It's next holiday season. It's 2022. We're getting a um, holiday special from James Gunn and the Guardians of the Galaxy crew, uh, similar to how there was the Star Wars holiday special. Now, we will hope that this one is a little better written, uh, a little more mm, appropriately designed than the Star Wars one. However, it should be exciting to see these characters again in any facet. And it's been a while since Guardians of the Galaxy 2. When did that hit? Was that 2018? Because the original was 14, so 2017, 2018. So Gunn also confirmed uh, the events of the holiday special will take place between the new Thor movie and the Guardians of the Galaxy threequel. So all of it's after Endgame stuff. Uh, and the, the quote says, Before Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Groot hit the big screen with the next Guardians of the Galaxy film in 2023, watch the Guardians engage in some spirited shenanigans in an all-new original special created for Disney Plus during the 2022 holiday season. All right, and so like we we said in the lead-up uh, to the stories, as we mentioned in the headline, there is a Justice League actor who has some words about the Justice League film, and it's not who you might think it is. It is not uh, Ray Fisher, who has uh, many allegations of abuse uh, that were corroborated by folks like Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins and others. Um, no, this is Wayne T. Carr, and... Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, he had been cast as the Justice League's version of the Green Lantern, of Jon Stewart, but that ultimately was cut from the Zack Snyder Justice League. Uh, in a new interview with Lightcast via Digital Spy, uh, Wayne said, When I saw the full version, I went through the journey, like everybody went through the journey. You know, towards the, towards the, rent, the end, I realized... I'm not part of this, darn. The thing that that kind of just warmed my heart was once all the concept art 
and all and, and stuff started to drop. It's been nothing but love from the fans, man. Like I wasn't even in the movie and I'm just getting positive feedback from people and support. It's super crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy, but I love it. So it, it sounds like this actor is, you know, he's, he's treating it all in good humor and with the way the fans have reacted to Mr. Carr in his portrayal or potential portrayal as John Stewart, as the green lantern, Warner brothers, you, you may consider listening to your fans on this one. This is a guy they want to see as this character. Warner brothers, however, uh, does not listen to their fans too well. They do not know how to read a room because our, our next news story will, will tell you just, just that, uh, justice league, uh, the Warner Brothers just released a new 4K trailer for Joss Whedon's cut of uh, Justice League, the 2017 version of Justice League. Now, this is, it's it's pretty crazy for them to do this. Now, they're doing this for a lot of their new movies. This is not unique to Justice League, and it's not unique to the 2017 version of Justice League either. They're doing it to other movies that were not previously available in 4K, like Godzilla. Um, but why they would consider making this an announcement and not just adding that option to this movie, this movie that has been very contentious since the day that it came out, and even more so now with how well-received the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League was, it just seems a very... Uh, interesting, if not outright bad choice. Uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier director reveals where we'll next see Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Now, uh, she, of course, is the character played by uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus on The Falcon and Winter Soldier. She made that cameo, and I believe it was the fifth episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and I, I guess that she is supposed to make an appearance in Black Widow. Now, I don't know if the director revealed that outright or just alluded to it. However, uh, it, it makes sense that there's going to be some crossover because if you recall, Black Widow was supposed to premiere before Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, I'm surprised that uh, there wasn't more overlap that like Kevin Feige said at the beginning, that these shows and these movies are are separate but equal. And they will reference each other, but you can watch all of the movies without the shows, and you'll still be okay. So it, it's not surprising that a character that would appear or debut in a MCU movie proper would then make a cameo. Like, this was a cameo in The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. Uh, in other movie news, Bob Iger defends the streaming shift, says Disney Plus worked out great. Well, of course it did. Uh, as Iger mentioned during his acceptance of a Clio Award, Disney's acquisition of companies like Fox and Lucasfilm during his tenure were risky ventures, but streaming may have been the bigger gamble. Quote, the move from essential traditional forms of distribution to Disney Plus and Hulu and ESPN Plus was a tremendous risk. In essence, 
Disney was putting a lot of investment into this new wave of distribution and hoping that people would respond well to it. Luckily for them, people did. People have gotten a lot more comfortable watching movies and television shows in their homes, particularly using new technology to do so. And of course, Disney Plus could not have come out at a better time. I believe it was... Shoot, I want to say it was either the year before the pandemic or or two years before the pandemic that this came out. And so more people were going to be spending more time at home. And as such, they were going to be looking for entertainment, things to do, things to to keep them busy with their eyes, their minds and their hearts. And Disney Plus, um, I think during the start of the pandemic, was just releasing Mandalorian episodes. And that was like its first really big strong Disney Plus original. Oh no. That was its second season of The Mandalorian. Excuse me. My how time flies. My how time flies. Another trailer has been revealed uh for Netflix uh a is it a movie or is it a series? It is a series uh called Sweet Tooth. Now this is another comic book adaptation and I think this kind of thing goes to show you just how incredibly versatile comics are. They don't always have to be about a super-powered person who flies into a burning building and rescues a bunch of orphan children in order for it to be a, a comic book or for in order for it to be a good ad- adaptation. Uh, a very interesting trailer. Uh, go check out our Facebook page. We're posting all those trailers over there on that one or reposting them from their original authors. But I mean, it's a convenient one-stop shop for you, isn't it? Uh, The first trailer for the upcoming Netflix fantasy series, Sweet Tooth has dropped and it promises to be the latest unusual adaptation from the streaming giant. Sweet Tooth is adapted from the DC Vertigo comic of the same name. The series was created by Jim Mickle and is being executive produced by get this, Susan Downey and Robert Downey Jr. So if you were all, all were wondering what kinds of projects that Robert Downey Jr. was involved in after he snapped his finger at Thanos in Endgame, well, here's one of them. Uh, Sweet Tooth is an adaptation of Jeff Lemire's post-apocalyptic fantasy comic book, comic book series, which has been described as Mad Max meets Bambi. And it comes out on Netflix on June 4th of this year, so you don't have to wait too much longer. Now, I watched the trailer, and it was very interesting. Like, babies started being born with animal parts. And so, if you talk to uh, Dustin's cousin, Jesse, a a frequently (laughs) recurring character on the Culture Jack podcast, if you talk to him, he will tell you that there is an encroachment of the furry culture into the mainstream, whether it is in popular anime, whether it is in cosplay, or whether it is in shows like this one. And this one has uh, some big names attached, like Will Forte. Um, Very interesting looking, though. However, there's like a disease that is being spread at the same time as these animal hybrid children are being born, and there is is one child named Sweet Tooth who uh, is told to be brave and be courageous and go out on an adventure. And it looks like there may be some magic elements, um, but it's a series I'm very much looking forward to. All of these ones I will definitely at least give a try. And it doesn't 
like I said, have to be fantastical in that it's superheroes. But I love anything that is outside the realm of like a normal human uh, ability set. So anything that can uh, transmorgify, uh, transmutate, or otherwise transform is something that I'm going to be interested in, whether it's flying or, or breathing underwater or using telekinetic or telepathic abilities, all that stuff I'm very interested in. Uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier showrunner is also interested in an Isaiah Bradley prequel. And so he would be a wonderful, wonderful person to follow up on. And I think based on the Internet's reaction to that character in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, it would be a very popular choice as well. And I don't feel like this should be a series. I feel like, if anything... Uh, Isaiah Bradley should get his own movie. How cool would that be? And it could mirror many of the elements of Captain America and the first Avenger, though with some of those strong uh, social justice undertones that are present in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And also, I mean, they could correct a lot of the mistakes from Captain America, the first Avenger as well. I know several people who fell asleep to that movie. I myself enjoyed it very much. But with that story, that's all we have for movie news. All right. In gaming news, there is a, a golden Nintendo Wii that was made for the Queen of England, and it is selling for $300,000. It's a 24-karat gold Nintendo Wii. Uh, it's a console and controller that was made for the Queen of England, and it's been put on eBay by its current owner. Uh, it was specifically made for Elizabeth II. Uh, it's gone on sale on eBay for a whopping $300,000. The unique console was commissioned by THQ as part of a marketing campaign for big family games back in 2009. Well, the console was delivered to Buckingham Palace. The custom 24-karat Wiimote and Nunchuck unlikely never ended up in the Queen's hands. After that, it somehow ended up in the hands of uh, Donnie Fillerup, a collector and co-founder of ConsoleVariations.com, where it remained for the past decade or so. Uh, in other gaming news, Titanfall 2 player count has skyrocketed by 750% on Steam. A lot of people are contributing uh, this to a... Uh, there was a a, a deal. Um, it was sold for cheap, or it was sold as part of a bundle, or some some such thing like that. But also, a new character was introduced in Apex Legends, uh, a character named Valkyrie, who has strong story ties to the Titanfall lore, to the uh, to the, the the canon of the game, and so. I've played Apex. I've been playing Apex for a long time. However, it is... I am losing interest in it, and I can feel myself losing interest in it. One thing that could get me to come back to Apex in a big way would be the introduction of some of the wall-running mechanics that were in uh, Titanfall, not to mention the addition on these gigantic maps of a Titan or two. Whether you could... Maybe save up your your ultimate attacks 
uh, three or four of them and then get a Titan for a couple of minutes. I think that would be amazing. Have some big Titan fights as well. In other gaming news, Microsoft gaming revenue is up 50% from last year thanks to, quote, record engagement. Microsoft just released its third quarter results for its 2021 financial year, which for the rest of us is just the first quarter of this year, and it revealed some pretty rosy numbers. Gaming revenue has shot up 50% compared to the same time last year thanks to, quote, record engagement and strong monetization across our platform. For uh, Xbox and content services, revenue increased by 34% on third-party titles, first-party title sales like Bethesda and Xbox Game Pass subscription. And Game Pass, as an aside, just hit 23 million subscribers. Not to be outdone, PlayStation Plus subscriber count has now hit 47.6 million. Though, admittedly, that is a much longer-running service than Game Pass and a much different service as well. There is a new game coming out tomorrow that a lot of people are excited about. It is a game called Returnal. Uh, there's a new trailer out for it. You can get, check that out on our Facebook page as well. It's an exclusive for the PlayStation 5. You know, uh, over here at Culture Jack, we are an Xbox family. And so it, it, it hurts our heart that PlayStation 5 is getting big exclusives before the Xbox Series X gets big exclusives. Though... We do anticipate those exclusives coming. This game, though, looks amazing. It almost makes me wish, almost, not quite, makes me wish I had been a pony boy, a PlayStation fanboy for this game. It is a roguelike, and so it does have randomly generated map development, and it has some bullet hell elements where enemies will shoot bullets at you in a pattern. And it is a, it's a, a triple A blockbuster looking game, which to my knowledge, roguelikes have typically not been done in. Typically they are a, uh, indie title, something that has high replayability. Think the binding of Isaac, dead cells, enter the gungeon, those sorts of things. And so not, not a game like this though. A game like this is very exciting and if it does well, may we see a, a explosion of AAA blockbuster roguelike games. I don't know if we will, but uh, that's something to look forward to anyway. In other gaming news, uh, PC specific this time, and I am, I am of the peasant class, of the console class, and so I do not get a share in the uh, joyous nature of this announcement. However, Microsoft is increasing the the dev share on the Microsoft Store. So for game developers, and in an attempt to help game developers find success on Microsoft platforms, they announced updates to its store for PC developers. Uh, starting on August 1st, the developer revenue share is increasing by 18%. So it was 70% to the developer, and then 30% to Microsoft, to uh, to make uh, to make their their money their share, but it is increasing. So now it is going to be eighty eight percent to the developer, and so that is a that's a good chunk of change for the games that are provided on those platforms. 
Uh, this change has no strings attached and simply means that developers will be earning more based on overall sales. So Apple, Google, and Epic have all made similar moves to make it be more profitable for a game developer to be on their platform. Now, Valve and Steam still continue with that 70-30 split. And I, I, I can't remember where I read the statistic. It was probably in this article as well that most of the developers that develop for Steam or on Steam, uh, there was uh, only 6% that approved of that 70-30 split. The rest thought it was a pretty raw deal. Uh, like I said earlier, Apex Legends has a new trailer out showcasing the skills of their new character, Valkyrie. Uh, so Valkyrie's pretty interesting. She's pretty neat. She um, she has a barrage that she can fire off. Oh, that was kind of a mess. I got a phone call, and then I turned it on to airplane mode, and then it stopped my recording. Not this recording, the recording, recording that I'm doing for... Um, my other social medias, a, a, an actual video recording. So if you like wanted to see my beautiful face, you could, you could go find me on the TikToks or the Facebooks. I'll maybe I'll put some of these on the culture Jack Facebook page. You know what? I think I will. Where was I? I was talking about apex legends, new character Valkyrie. So Valkyrie is pretty cool. She's got wings. She can fly or hover, I guess more appropriately, but it does have a fuel so it can run out. She can also activate survey beacons, so a character skill similar to that of Crypto, Bloodhound, and Pathfinder. Pathfinder needs a new passive. Apex Legends Respawn, if you're listening, that's something you need to get done ASAP, please. Uh, she has a Barrage missile set, and one of her uh, unique skills, I think it might be her ultimate skill, is she can um, hook up with... Uh, two of her teammates, well, both of her teammates, I guess, because there's only a three-man squad, and shoot herself into the air. Or she can just shoot herself or one or one other teammate or whatever, but shoot herself up into the air similar to the way that the uh, jump balloons work, uh, shooting, shooting the team straight up in the air for repositioning or just for, I guess, uh, faster movement across the map. But with Valkyrie out of the way, that's all we've got for gaming news. All right, in tech news, in other big news, like we mentioned at the top of the show, Facebook is planning on spending $5 million paying local reporters to join its news platforms. Now, this article is from The Verge. Uh, <clears throat> Facebook says it will spend $5 million paying local journalists on a new publishing platform. Uh, it reported on Thursday saying independent journalists could begin applying for the program today. Uh, the company is prioritizing reporters in areas without an existing news source, sometimes called news deserts, who want to cover or who plan to cover black, indigenous, Latinx, Asian, or other audiences of color. <clears throat> Facebook announced its news platform last month. The platform includes a self-publishing tool that lets reporters launch newsletters and 
charge for subscriptions, uh, as well as integration with existing features like Facebook pages and groups. Uh, Reuters uh, reports that Facebook will strike multi-year deals with selected journalists who can earn more money through subscriptions. In a statement, Facebook described local news as one piece of a larger self-publishing strategy. <clears throat> a spokesperson told The Verge, We're launching a platform to help independent writers, experts, journalists, and authoritative voices reach new audiences with Facebook. A spokesperson told The Verge, as part of our commitment to include local writers at launch, we're opening up an application today for U.S. writers creating public interest in journalism in their communities looking to gain access to this new platform and the services we are offering to build an independent business. Are you a reporter? Would you like to do some independent reporting at Facebook? Now, I'm of two minds about this because... What kind of vetting is going to be going on at Facebook for these reporters? Now, you and I both know plenty of people that already are Facebook journalists. We both know plenty of people that have graduated from YouTube University. Like, what kind of expertise, what kind of vetting is going to go on with these characters after all? I guess only only time will tell. Uh, <clears throat> in other tech news, uh, Blue Origin teases ticket sales for its new Shepard rocket. We talked about the new Shepard before. Uh, you can sign up to get an update on May fifth. So Blue Origin, the, remember this is this is Amazon's space program. This is Jeff Bezos looking to go into the next frontier. They sent out a tweet. That included a link to an application on its website that urged visitors to, quote, sign up to learn how you can buy the very first seat on New Shepard. Uh, asking for full name, email, and phone number, and, and promising that an announcement would come on May the 5th. Uh, the five-story tall New Shepard rocket is designed to launch a crew capsule with seats for six, roughly 30, <laughs> 34, <clears throat> excuse me. 340,000 feet into the sky toward the edge of space. Paying tourists can experience a few minutes of weightlessness in microgravity and witness super high altitude views of Earth. After separating from the crew capsule midair, the rocket booster returns for a vertical landing, and minutes later, the crew capsule also descends back to land under a set of parachutes for a soft touchdown. New Shepard's last uncrewed test flight was, quote, a verification step for the vehicle and operations prior to flying astronauts. Blue Origin said at the time, dropping subtle hints that its next flight might include astronauts, but very few details about the company's commercial spaceflight plans, including cost and timing, are available to date. So this will be very interesting to kind of keep an eye on to see what the cost is of a couple minutes of weightlessness, of going into space, of seeing the curvature of the earth. I think it would be something amazing to do. However, it may be a little cost prohibitive. All right. Uh, another, another story here from The Verge. 
the EU adopts controversial law forcing one-hour takedowns of terrorist content. But there are critics that say the legislation could hinder free speech. The European Parliament has formally adopted a law requiring internet companies to remove or disable access to flagged terrorist content within one hour after being notified by national authorities. Once issued, such takedowns will apply across the EU, with countries able to levy financial penalties against firms that refuse to comply. The legislation will come into force 12 months after it's published in the EU's official journal, a uh, standard step for all EU law. It will then have to be adopted by each member state. The legislation has been under discussion in the EU for years. It was first proposed in 2018 at a time when terrorist attacks by groups like ISIS were peaking across the continent and lawmakers were worried about online radicalization. Since then, the uh, proposals have been making their way through the EU's legislative bodies with several major amendments. Notably, the legislation now explicitly excludes takedowns targeting terrorist content that's part of any educational, artistic, journalistic, or academic material. It also includes no obligation for internet companies to preemptively monitor or filter their content. Now, some people are worried about things <clears throat> being added to this uh, via an algorithm and an algorithm removing things. And if we have learned anything, it is that without a guiding human hand, the algorithms are just not good enough to discern the difference between free speech, hate speech, terrorist content, and unboxing videos. They just aren't there yet. And as proof of concept, I saw recently on the app TikTok, there was a, uh, a, a man who had turned on the caption function of the TikTok app in his video, which there's an awesome caption function. You can turn it on, you can go edit your captions, it's great. He turned it on and he proceeded to say, uh, white man. And it said white man in the captions. He said black man. He said white woman. He said black woman. All of them turned up fine in the captions. He said Asian man. It said Asian man fine. And then he said Asian woman. And it gave in the captions an unedited caption. We are all led to believe and assume an a with several asterisks and then a W with several more asterisks. So it censored the word Asian woman. Very, a very strange occurrence, very seemingly non nonsensical, but there is something in the algorithm that when it finds Asian woman, it does not allow it to be uh, delivered uncensored. Interesting. We'll have to see how that goes. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, anything that has a planned target can have unintended casualties as well. Uh, let's see. And our last tech story for the day. Uh, we couldn't talk about Jeff Bezos. We couldn't talk about Amazon and its space activity without talking a little bit about Elon Musk and SpaceX and their space endeavors. So SpaceX wins approval for lower Starlink orbits, overcoming rival objections. And so 
I can't remember uh, who, how many, how many different companies there were, but there were several dozen companies that lodged complaints about SpaceX wanting to fly these low level, these low orbit satellites. Uh, but the Federal Communications Commission on Tuesday granted SpaceX approval to operate 2,814 Starlink satellites in lower orbits than originally planned, handing a win to Elon Musk's satellite internet project. The decision delivered a partial defeat over its competitors like Amazon and OneWeb, which sought to thwart the tweak over concerns it would create harmful frequency interference and ramp up risks of satellite collisions. The FCC found that allowing uh, lower orbit satellites or for Starlink satellites, quote, does not create significant interference problems. Lowering the orbits, it said, allows SpaceX to make, quote, safety focused changes to the constellation, like being able to more quickly discard any dead or broken satellites by steering them toward a fiery end in Earth's atmosphere. The approval came with some conditions. SpaceX must coordinate with other operators to ensure signals from Starlink satellites do not interfere with others. The company will also need to provide semi-annual reports to the FCC on Starlink failures, and those reports will also list any, quote, conjunction events or any maneuvers or close calls with other satellites. This is so crazy to me that we are living in an age where there is argument over who can fly their satellites where and over what kinds of obstruction and frequency interference there will be from those satellites. Now, I was curious because I didn't know how many satellites we currently have in orbit. Is 2,800 a large amount of satellites? So I did a quick Google search and Google, if it is correct, says currently there are 2,787 satellites in orbit around earth. So if Elon, if he gets all of his satellites into orbit, he is looking to double the amount of satellites around the earth. Now I know Starlink is an endeavor that is supposed to get everyone high speed internet, even into the most rural areas of the world. And so I think it is a worthwhile and a worthy cause. But putting up double the amount of satellites into the atmosphere or into the into the orbit of the Earth, that's some real next level villain shit, Elon. What the hell are you up to up there, big guy? But with Elon Musk out of the way and Jeff Bezos out of the way and their space adventures and endeavors out of the way, that's all we have for tech news this week. All right, I'll go through it quickly because I know you've got other things to do. You're just here to get quickly filled in on your news. But the things that I have been playing to occupy my time as of late, I've been playing Moving Out. Uh, it is a fun four-player game where you get to go into a house or an apartment or a business and move out all of the furniture and all of the appliances that need to be moved out according to the customer's wishes. It's a, it's a goofy kind of uh, three-quarter view, over-the-top, uh, roof-off-the-house game where you and a bunch of friends get to move couches and refrigerators and boxes and, uh, and, and all kinds of things out of a house. It leads to some very strange argument, and it reminds me of the game Overcooked, where you play as um, uh, several cooks trying to operate in the same kitchen. It's like you're bumping into each other, you're grabbing things, you're throwing things in the wrong direction. It's a hoot. 
It's a blast. I've also been playing Spirit Fair. It is a fun little 2D game where you play as the newly recruited, um, I guess, Grim Reaper. You are the captain of the Fairy of the Damned, and it is your job to ferry off souls into the next world. And these are all souls. That, I mean, it's very brightly colored, very beautifully animated. It's 2D, um, looks hand-drawn, the animation. But you, <laughs> you have a very personal connection to all of these souls on your boat. And it has farming mechanics. Um, it has a bunch of uh, different kind of grindy mechanics, building mechanics on the boat. You have to feed everyone on the boat, and you can give them hugs. And you can also play it as a cooperative uh, adventure with another player as a cat the other player plays as a cat that follows along with you as well very fun and i'm still working on that Fortnite battle pass the things i have been watching as of late now this is a much more extensive list than i had uh for what i've been playing i have been watching i just watched mortal kombat which i'll give you a seven second review here it was a good movie it wasn't a great movie. It was a good movie. It was okay. Like the characters, they nailed the character aesthetic. They said video game lines. Kano ripped the heart out of a lizard man and he said, Kano wins, which was pretty cool. The plot was, it was pretty lackluster. I think they introduced a new character for no reason. I mean, he had a reason. He had a plot point, but they could have just done that with someone else. Or made that character not as important. And basically what it was, it was a setup for a sequel movie. So it was very, um, a lot of hubris behind that move, Warner Brothers. You, you just assume that it's going to do well and assume that it's going to set up for a sequel, which it sets up for a sequel, but whether... Well, I guess, you know, it made $22.5 million in its domestic opening. So I guess it's doing all right. Probably will get a sequel. Uh, I finished The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Very good. If you have not listened to our episodes on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Anthony has been doing those every Saturday. He just finished up the last one. So go back and listen to those if if you've seen it. I mean, because those are filled with spoilers. Uh, <clears throat> I watched the first episode of Shadow and Bone. It's got promise. It's got promise. It's on Netflix, I believe. I'm all caught up on Invincible. Tomorrow is the season finale. Episode 8. I'm very excited. If you have not been watching Invincible, what are you doing with your life? It's on Amazon. I watched uh, the first episode of Yasuke, uh, a samurai anime on Netflix. Now, <clears throat> what I will say about Yasuke is... Some anime, an anime that's developed in this way. Now, I'm talking about stuff like Castlevania. I'm talking about, uh, I guess you could call the the DC animated films, uh, this kind of animation. It's it's weird because it's it's in kind of a um, a middle area. It's not good, but it's not bad either. If you watched Invincible. Like, Invincible has some scenes of amazing, brilliant animation, and then some scenes of absolute garbage animation, where it, it, it looks like they didn't spend a lot of money on those particular scenes. This one is pretty consistent all the way through. Yasuke is pretty consistent all the way through, 
though it never achieves that that greatness. And you see uh, people's mouths move independent of the other muscles in their face. And so there's kind of a detachment when it comes to that as well. But it, it does have some pretty decent action scenes. And if you're looking for like a legit samurai show, this is not it. Like this is uh, like a alternate imagined future where uh, Nobunaga Oda, he's on the on the run. No, he's not on the run. He's defeated in the first five seconds of the movie. But um, there are giant mechs in it. There's magic. There's sorcery. There's transformation, beasts, monsters. Like it's it it's very anime style but it's, it's very good so far and all six episodes are released on netflix right now if you want to check it out is it six or eight, maybe eight episodes and then lastly i started watching stowaway on netflix i didn't finish it um i think it's on netflix <laughs> i'm giving you all kinds of bad information here i started watching stowaway um in it these uh three astronauts are on a mission to Mars to make, you know, do some terraforming, make Mars habitable. And right as their mission starts, there is a technician, a maintenance worker, who was trapped in the ship, unknown to uh, the rest of the crew, unknown to the ground control. They didn't know he was there, but he damages a thing. He's on the ship. He's freaking out. And it turns out the thing that he damaged or was damaged is in charge of the the scrubbing of the carbon dioxide from the atmosphere in the cabin of the of the spacecraft. And they are running out of oxygen. They only have enough oxygen for three people. And there's now four people on that ship. And they don't have the fuel or the resources or the ability to turn the ship around and go back to Earth and so it is a very tense situation right now about deciding how they're going to kill this guy or they're t- telling the guy that he's going to have to die for the rest of them to live. Or it's just, man, it's awesome. I, I, I'm not very far into it, but it's got a really interesting premise and I don't know which way it's going to go because they've just broken the news to everybody. So everyone's kind of feeling out this situation. I don't know if dude's going to snap and go after these guys or he's going to just say, no, I'm not going to die. And they're going to make these guys go after him or some of the more sympathetic characters are going to team up with him. I don't know what's going to happen. It it, is a really good one. So I highly recommend it. If you maybe you can watch more than I did and you can tell me about it. I think that'd be that'd be just swell. Ah. But that's what I've been playing. That's what I've been watching. That's what I've been doing with the the digital, the entertainment aspects of my life. But that is it for the news desk. Thank you for sticking around. Make sure you stay tuned tomorrow for the Friday show. On today's episode this weekend, might have something a little special for you. The Weekend Wire and Monday Madness. Make sure you leave us a review. It would help us tremendously. Just click that review button. Give us five stars, four stars if you didn't like, uh, I don't know, any of the topics that I talked to. If you didn't like low-orbiting low, low satellites from SpaceX, leave us four stars. Um, you can also get in contact with the show, like I said earlier, Facebook, Twitter, 
at culturejack or send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com but other than that thanks for joining us here at the culture jack news desk i'm archimedes abigail that's the news and we'll see you next week